Live around Australia on SEN Track. Welcome to Kiwi Chasing for New Zealand Greyhounds. The first bet Sunday through Friday. grnz.co.nz And a big welcome to the second edition of Kiwi Chasing. Damien Watson in the chair in Melbourne, Australia. And we're going to head across the Tasman in just a moment. And certainly it has been an interesting week on both sectors across each side of the Tasman due to the COVID-19 situation. And we do this, of course, for Greyhound Racing New Zealand. They've been fantastic supporters of this program. And it's great to get it underway once again for a second consecutive week. All thanks to New Zealand Greyhounds. The first bet Sunday through Friday, GR. NZ.co.nz as I welcome in Mark Rosanowski and Andy McCook and Rosa tell you what in New Zealand it's been yet another drama filled week and unfortunately not a heck of a lot of racing Damien good morning to you no quite extraordinary times that we live in isn't it and uh, now in New Zealand with the uh, breakout of uh, the Delta variant of COVID uh, here in New Zealand that Australia of course have been uh, grappling with over the previous months, uh, the situation changed very dramatically for us since last Sunday and since we got Kiwi Chasing underway. So more on that situation and what it means for us over this next hour or so. Uh, we'll be catching up with uh, Michael Dore, who's the uh, Racing Operations and Welfare Manager at Greyhound Racing New Zealand, just to uh, look into the contingency plans for what may lie ahead. But of course, at the moment, uh, many question marks and very difficult for trainers Obviously, that's a situation that Andy McCook can comment on in a moment or two. At the end of the program, we will catch up with a prominent trainer from the Central Districts, Gary Fredrickson. Uh, Gary also on the board of the Wanganui Greyhound Racing Club, and they have the next premier meeting scheduled for early next month, Wanganui Cup and Wanganui Stayers Cup. But, of course, everything at the moment very much up in the air. So, Andy McCook, there's not many races we can look forward to today or over the next few days as things stand at the moment, but we are able to recap on last week and what we did manage to see in the first few days of last week. A very good morning to you. Yeah, very good morning to you, Rosa, and everybody tuning in for the show today. Dead set, pleasure to be along uh, once again for Kiwi Chasing. And, yeah, certainly an interesting world we live in at the moment with this COVID virus that is uh, running its uh, course throughout the world and, unfortunately, at the moment, uh, starting to wreak havoc through uh, the the racing side of things here in New Zealand but uh, Rosso plenty to talk about still on the show including uh, some nice winners that were biffed out last week by a couple of the people we had on which was good to see for the uh, the inaugural viewing of, uh, of Kiwi Chasing. Indeed, well, we had uh, Lisa Craig on the show last week and she was previewing uh, the runners for her and her sister Tracy. They train in partnership uh, at Monaco last week and, of course, normally would have a Monaco meeting to preview today, but that is not happening. No greyhound racing or racing of any description in New Zealand until at the very earliest this coming Wednesday, but as I say, more on that as we unfold. But, Andy, last week, uh, Tracy and Lisa picked up two winners from their team. Now... Speaking with uh, Lisa off the back of that, she said, oh, she was a bit disappointed their strike rate was a wee bit lower. But what I did say to her, uh, Andy, and I'm interested in your thoughts on this, uh, I felt that every single runner that we discussed with her ran up to exactly the level that she expected and told us they would. Yeah, 
you had to love her honesty, really. Uh, when we're interviewing, uh, we, we, we tend to interview a few different people and uh, some people uh, just just bluntly honest and, and that's what Lisa was last week and we do, uh, we do thank her for that. Gee, she was just dead set on the mark with everything she told us and, uh, and very, very accurate. A, a team running along really well at the moment is, is the Craig team, Rosso, and uh, since the, the girls have taken over from Father Ben, they've been doing a, a stellar job, of course, last year finishing fifth in the Premiership with 145 winners. Now, people over in Aussie, I'm uh, not sure if you're all aware of the situation here in New Zealand, but, Rosa, they only race twice a week. Thursdays at Cambridge Friday and, uh, and Sundays out at Monaco. They're, they're not a team that travel much, although they do when they have the right dogs to come to the big meeting. So 145 winners solely racing twice a week at two venues. That's a, a monster effort. Yes, indeed. And uh, look, the two dogs that Lisa was most confident about last week did win. And to be fair, it was reflected in the market too with uh, your ready boots and, and wheels on fire. But they also had uh, some place getters that um, paid OK money as well. And uh, I know that doing some crosses uh, on SEN later in the day, there were one or two that were able to hook into uh, what Lisa was uh, had said. Uh, back those winners and get a couple of... Uh, placings up as well. Andy though uh, unquestionably tip of the week came from Gary Cleave. We spoke to him last week about no keeper uh, winning the uh, Nationals New Zealand middle distance and he gave us no keeper's brother no grizzles who was on offer in the morning at uh, six dollars. And he duly obliged, didn't he? No grizzles. He uh, he sat outside of Opawa Gina, who was the uh, the raging hot favourite for the event, and he was too strong for her in the run home in a, a thirty thirty five, which is somewhere near No Grizzles' very very best. And uh, Rosal, I have to put my hand up here though and say uh, I was one of the people who didn't actually listen. I. Uh was commentating that day and I had no grizzles in third or fourth, left them out of the suggested pick six, we've left them out of everything and I've had to call Crafty rolling on home at, uh, at $6 and not had a, a bean on myself. Ah, <laughs> uh, well Andy, that's uh, just the life of a, of a punter slash commentator um, and we thank Gary obviously for that and wish uh, him and uh, his partner Gailene Turmwood all the best in the upcoming weeks because of course we're all in this uh, very unnerving situation whereby trainers obviously still have the ongoing costs of having a team but uh, can't recoup any uh, stake money at this stage until we get racing again. Andy, uh, Matt Roberts uh, tip ran third but uh, his kennel did claim four winners on Tuesday. They got three down at Invercargill and one in Christchurch. Including a first four as well, the uh, the maiden race at Eddington uh, over 500 that he was able to win claimed uh, claimed the first four there. Adobe Junior winning at Nighthawk Styles second, Noise third, and Nighthawk Storm in fourth. So all uh, Matt's uh, Matt and Sarah's breed as well, and of course Kim Fraser owning uh, a couple of the Nighthawks. He celebrated a birthday last week, so it was good for the whole team to uh, to get involved there. But uh, what I would say though, Rosa, is uh, we all know Matt Roberts uh, his last name. Uh, synonymous with, of course, Craig Roberts, and we know Craig's uh, attributes when it comes to tipping a winner and tends to get it wrong, so good to see Matt following in his dad's footsteps. 
Oh, I'm glad you said that, Andy, and not me. Uh, yes, you mentioned Tim Fraser. He was 47 on um, Monday, and uh, he was at the Parbiston North um, Greyhound Racing Club's meeting at Manawatu Monday. Uh, Manawatu Mondays, uh, synonymous with Greyhound Racing in New Zealand. Uh, they race once a week, and I'm lucky enough to be able to call uh, those meetings and lucky enough to be on track on the Monday, uh, Andy, because uh, Kim Fraser baked a birthday cake, banana, uh, chocolate icing, and uh, and it was magnificent. And on that day, uh, Andy, Karen Walsh, noted strike rate trainer and strike rate trainer of the year for the season just finished, 2020-21, lined up three greyhounds having travelled down from the Waikato, and uh, all three were winners. Something we've come to expect from the Walsh team, isn't it? Uh, she certainly doesn't line them up if they're not ready to run, and uh, three from three, certainly a massive effort. Uh, I thought the one that stood out a little bit of those three, Rosso Thrilling Grey, was only able to finish second, some six and three quarters away uh, in a qualifying trial. Comes out on debut a, a month or two later, blows them away in a 26.07, which is uh, a, a, just a, a great time for, for any dog, let alone a maiden. Yeah, indeed. And uh, Thrilling Risk, three from three, another of uh, the winners there. Thrilling Grey also uh, beat a greyhound that had won in a very fast time uh, at Hattrick the uh, previous week, Highview Anna. We're going to talk to uh, Highview Anna's co-trainer, Gary Fredrickson, later in the show. Andy, so we only got to race uh, Monday and Tuesday of last week. On the Tuesday, down at Invercargill, the Southland Greyhound Racing Club, racing the Deep South at Ascot Park, Invercargill. Six wins for Daniel Lane, who was the strike rate trainer uh, the previous season, prior to the one we've just finished, um, including five from the Fabregas Tea Time Litter. A truly outstanding performance from young Daniel. Again, it's something we've come to, to expect from the team, isn't it? Of course, those who don't know Daniel Lane, he's uh, taken over the, the powerful Ray Adcock empire and, and what Ray was able to build over many, many years, including uh, this line that he brought over from Australia and uh, him and uh, Josie Arthur, of course, breeding through uh, with this line. Of course, Tea Time out of Minnie's Fantasy, who uh, was a, a, a phenomenal broody in her own right. And now Tea Time starting to take over that. Of course, Tea Time, the mother of uh, that dog, Bolty, who uh, who was one of the best sprinters we've ever seen here in New Zealand. So certainly has some uh, some some very nice greyhounds to her name, Tea Time, in this latest litter. Uh, maybe a little bit the opposite of Bolty, Rosa. They've got a, a stack of early speed. They're not super strong at the end of their races, but, gee, that speed they have early and into the first corner is going to win them a lot of races making their way through the grades. It certainly will. We can uh, follow that Fabregas Tea Time litter. Uh, with confidence, as you say, as they uh, race through the grades and, and find uh, their appropriate levels for each individual of that litter. Uh, you mentioned Ray Adcock there. Ray had, has had an enormous influence on my career in greyhound racing, and he had a birthday during the week too, Andy. Uh, Ray was 87. Not keeping the best of health uh, these days, Ray. Shout out to you. Uh, we're certainly thinking of you, but uh, Ray Adcock's uh, legacy will live long uh, in greyhound racing in New Zealand. Uh, Andy, look, uh, you're part of uh, a team that's going very well at the moment. Uh, your wife, Janine McCook, going extremely well. But before we talk about the wins, <laughs> uh, let's talk about the current situation that you and the Greyhound trainers around you, you're part of a strong Greyhound community down there on the outskirts of Christchurch, are facing at the moment. How difficult is, is it for you in these uncertain times, clearly having to still train a team, feed a team, but with the uncertainty of not knowing when you might next race, hopefully from Wednesday on, but oof, that's cross fingers at best. 
Yeah, it is a, it is a cross fingers at best. I think down here in, uh, in Canterbury, all we can hope for is uh, that we can dodge cases in the South Island and potentially we can get racing back underway down here at level three. But uh, yeah, it's sort of it's sort of growing uh, even more unlikely as the days go by. It's it's a hard situation to be in. Rosso, the dogs, obviously still needing fed and watered. Um, obviously, we've still got to work them to keep them fit for when we are back so we're ready to rumble uh, on day one when we do get them back so the work doesn't stop in fact it probably gets harder from a training perspective and uh, with the mindset of uh, of just knowing bills are coming out and, and, and dog food and everything still needs to be coming out it's uh, it's a pretty tricky situation to be living in. And obviously you were in this situation last year when we were in lockdown for the first time. And of course for Canterbury, Andy, not so long ago, an outbreak of coronavirus in Greyhounds actually saw you locked down for, what, a couple of weeks? You had no racing there in Christchurch. Yeah, I think we went about 12 days without racing, and that wasn't that long ago. So I think it's just making the the, the problems even worse for a lot of, uh, especially you know, Canterbury-based trainers who uh, tend to have relatively big teams, and we have a lot of big trainers down here as well. So things looking bad for a few, and uh, just some some uncertain times ahead as to when we are back racing. But um, yeah, luckily the the sort of the government coming to the fore, and we can get the odd little subsidy here and there to help, but certainly not enough to to cover all of our costs in terms of racing a team of greyhounds. So the sooner we're back racing, the happier we will all be. Indeed, Andy. Look, we'll talk to uh, Michael Dorr, Greyhound Racing New Zealand's Racing Operations and Welfare Manager uh, on the other side of the break, which is coming very soon. But just before we let you go for now, Andy, Janine McCook's kennels are currently lying third, uh, very early, of course, in the season, but top of the strike rate uh, trainers list of those that have had 50 or more starters. What can you put the recent success down to? Because certainly uh, your kennel is going better than it ever has before. Uh, yeah, we're just uh, we're, we're dead set flying at the moment and uh, and riding the wave that is training greyhounds. And when you're at the top of the wave, it's certainly a good sport to be involved. And uh, we've we've uh, we've got a, a better quality of dog we're racing these days. We've got a, a few uh, pretty decent owners behind us. Um, one in particular lives in Invercargill, who isn't scared to do a little bit of breeding and, and leaves the whole litter with us. Uh, he's not scared to, to go to the best of the best when it comes to size and the the broodies he's using are, are cup class broodies as well. So. Uh, that certainly helps. We've got a, an owner sending us some greyhounds from Australia now as well, which has uh, certainly upped the quality a little bit, as well as uh, as well as all our other owners that are breeding as well. AJ Christensen with a, a big uh, a big group of pups with us as well. So uh, we've certainly got a, a decent amount of owners. Uh, the, the epic name in front of a few of them, the the, the family down in Invercargill, the May family, who uh, have put a, a stack of money into our kennel, and uh, just it's a it's a good feeling, Rosso, to be able to repay some of that loyalty. Well, I really hope that you can get your team back out on the track soon, along with all the other Greyhound trainers in New Zealand. And uh, Damien, as we bring you back in here on the other side of this break, we'll catch up with uh, Michael Dorr uh, from Greyhound Racing New Zealand and see what contingency plans they do have uh, as we uh, look ahead with this rather uncertain future. Absolutely. It's going to be an intriguing chat, that's for sure. Stay tuned for that on the other side of this break on Kiwi Chasing on SEN Track. We do this for New Zealand Greyhounds, first for form. Live around Australia on SEN Track. You're listening to Kiwi Chasing for New Zealand Greyhounds. First for form. Welcome back. Hope you're enjoying Kiwi Chasing on this Sunday morning around the country in Australia and also into New Zealand as well. The app via SEN Track. Damien Watson joined by Mark Rosanowski and, of course, Andy McCook. And it's fair to say, Rosa, that our next guest jumping on the line probably hasn't had a lot of sleep this week. 
Uh, don't envy the task of, uh, of Michael Dore and indeed all of Greyhound Racing New Zealand and administrators uh, across uh, the racing industry at the moment. Michael Dore is the Racing Operations and Welfare Manager. Michael, uh, very good morning to you. Obviously a very tricky few days for you. Yeah, Mark. Uh, good morning to uh, to Australia and New Zealand. Uh, very different racing worlds in, in both countries, despite both uh, sharing the, 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 the Delta variant. Yeah, well, the, the decisions today have been quite easy because it's been uh, you can't race. Um, it's really now just working out contingencies uh, for what the week ahead might throw at us. Indeed. Well, look, um, obviously, initially, we were hoping that we might be able to race under Alert Level 3 uh, today. But, of course, the extension of the, the lockdown means that we can't have any racing until Wednesday. There will be a government announcement tomorrow afternoon. What's the most likely contingency for us if we are able to race from Wednesday under Alert Level 3? What would that mean to you as it looks at the moment? Right. Yeah, we've uh, yes, we've we've got to put these contingencies in place as if we are at at level three, and then react to the government's um, announcement. Uh, at this stage, it, uh, there would be no sense in taking nominations on Monday until we hear that announcement. So we've we've already uh, rung around the clubs and said, look, let's not take any nominations till till Tuesday. Uh, the Wednesday meeting at one, the is obviously already the field's already drawn. That's up, and, and hopefully we'll we'll go ahead. Uh, contingency number one: Eddington's got lights. Uh, we uh, looking if South Island is at level three to run an evening meeting on Wednesday. Uh, we'd, we'd turn around those norms on Tuesday as well as the Thursday and Friday meeting scheduled for, for Eddington. So that would be the first contingency we would uh, we would look to bring into place. We've got to confirm all this with the TAB and, and everybody else, but uh, we've spoken with the club. Uh, already this year they've had, they, um, they had a Tuesday abandonment which was raced on, on Wednesday afternoon, no trouble. But yeah, the, the club at this stage are sort of falling back to their pre-COVID 2020 plan of, of if we did get the go-ahead, running a C1 meeting on Wednesday, the normal high grade on Thursday night, and a, uh, the COs and C2s and anybody else on the Friday. Um, our next hurdle in, in, in the week is uh, Monaco. Obviously, uh, that was the first time Ashley and uh, Prime Minister didn't seem to be in sync when the media said, Ashley, what was your recommendation about Auckland? He said, go longer. Um, and uh, the Prime Minister jumped in. Uh, yeah, so uh, Monaco reverting to, to, to Cambridge, that decision to, to be made. And the other one looking further ahead, uh, South and Greyhounds on the 1st of well, the first Thursday in September, the 2nd of September. Uh, last time in Level 3, the uh, government advice or government guidance on business travel was to adjacent regions only. So, obviously, Canterbury is, is more than one region away from Southland. So that, that may be a mini-meeting. But that's, 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 that's Thursday week. Hopefully, there could be a completely different world by then. Michael Andy McCook here. Uh, pleasure to have you joining us on the show. Just around uh, assistance for trainers. What are what are trainers over here able to do? Obviously, we've got some some subsidies uh, that we can apply for to the to the government. But if this goes on for too much longer, uh, are GRNZ looking to to help us in any way? Yeah, um, obviously the professional trainers, people who derive their uh, who, who, who pay tax on their on on their racing business, uh, they'll certainly be uh, eligible for the, for the government subsidies as they were last time. Uh, anybody who's who's a hobby trainer, that, that can uh, can get them into a bit, a bit of hot water. If, you, if you're not uh, declaring it as uh, as a racing business, the IRD might want to look back over the previous seven years. Um, 
as we last year we had a four a four week lockdown thrown in we we announced a, a greyhound uh, food subsidy for those that that required it and um, a, a number of people did apply for that we'll we'll measure um, tomorrow's announcement and uh, make any decisions in that regard at the same time at that at this stage uh, the, the best scenario is every, everybody's missed a week uh, that would be nice if it uh, could put the line under it there but uh, anything could about we'll uh, we'll take tomorrow's decision in play I say last time we had a month drop on us straight away which was which was pretty do uh, pretty drastic um, we'll, we'll see what tomorrow's offer uh, see, what, <laughs> see what the government offers us tomorrow but before we consider other offers I have to say, uh, Michael, this time with uh, the info coming out from uh, from Matt Claridge through the uh, the Facebook page that you guys operate and, and obviously on your website as well, the information that you guys are, are being able to get out to, to the trainers to let them know where they stand has been, uh, has been exceptional. Yeah, well, the, the, one, one key word with things like this is the word, the word standby. So, okay, standby for this announcement, it doesn't mean it's going to happen, but it gets people uh, prepared. Um, and each, so we, 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 we put on a standby for, for Monaco to transfer to Cambridge. Then that actually happened. We said um, standby for the nomination days to change. Once we'd rung around the clubs, we could then an announcement. So uh, we'll, we'll keep, keep using that because uh, it, 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 it gets you ready, but um, the, the confirmation or the... Uh, the, the, the decline uh, comes later. It, 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 it does help because I know every, everybody's sitting at home. Uh, you really are, are, are looking for any form of news um, to, to see what, uh, what's coming forward. Rosal, I know one thing you're standing by and, uh, and looking forward to in the coming weeks, no doubt, is, uh, is the Wanganui Cup and, uh, and where we're going to be heading there. Yes, indeed. So, uh, Michael, my uh, my question to you is, has there been any discussion at the moment as to uh, the Wanganui Cup, our next premium meeting, uh, heats for that to be held on September the 3rd at this stage and the final on September the 10th? Obviously, with so far um, a week's missed racing, is there any thought to potentially putting that uh, premium meeting back further? Uh, yeah, the uh, Wanganui committee had a meeting, I think it might have been late last week um, and I uh, contacted Alan Frost and said look just uh, con consider the potential for the Whanganui Cup meeting to go back uh, just as we did uh, coming out of the February Auckland lockdown we put the Auckland Cup back a fortnight uh, possibly a week would have, would have done in that case but again we'll, we'll measure uh, what information we get tomorrow uh, yeah, one that we have already have, have, have the committee are, are already aware of that potential um, I'd yeah, at, at this you know, stand by for announcement on that on that to go back at least seven days and we'll be uh, having a chat with a board member of the Wanganui Greyhound Racing Club shortly, uh, Gary Fredrickson, co-trainer of a, uh, a team that's kicking a few goals in the central districts as well. Michael, let's uh, at least end on a, on a positive note. I understand that you are able to announce now, uh, live and exclusive here on uh, Kiwi Chasing, the four finalists for the Greyhound uh, New Zealand Greyhound of the Year from the 2020 21 season and of course the ultimate winner will be announced at the awards dinner in Christchurch on October the 2nd all going well well yeah all, all going well the awards uh, we, we we haven't uh, got ahead of ourselves to, to change when they are but at, at this stage October the 2nd yeah I'm pleased to announce the the four finalists in alphabetical order for uh, 2021 Greyhound of the Year are Federal Morgan, Leonard Bale, Shane E and Trojan Horse 
So, Michael, I, I, I'm hearing from that uh, three category winners and uh, as in uh, Distance Dog of the Year, Shaney, Middle Distance Dog of the Year uh, on points system, uh, Leonard Bale and uh, Sprinter of the Year, their Trojan Horse, plus, of course, uh, Federal Morgan, who had an astonishing uh, six-month period, at least, anyway. Yeah, yeah. The, um, dominant, dominant winners of their categories: Cheney and Trojan Horse uh, for distance and sprinter. Sprinter, and the I think the only two dogs that led the uh, middle distance category at any stage, seesawing lead, lead between Leonard Bale and Federal Morgan. Uh, both of them won two Group One races, uh, but I think yeah, all, all four all four finalists are, are uh, worthy contenders. Um, and uh, yeah, it'll be uh, looking forward to the announcement when uh, with the world back to normal. Come October, please. <laughs> Indeed. Well, Michael, hey, look, we thanks, thank you very, for your time. Um, and uh, we do wish you all the best, obviously, over the upcoming week and, uh, and very much uh, on a knife edge, I guess, as we uh, await tomorrow's announcement from the government as to how your week ahead might actually look. Yeah, thanks, guys. And, uh, yeah, we, we're, uh, we, we, we've got to remain optimistic. And, yeah, fingers crossed it for, uh, for a green light and some level three somewhere in the country from Wednesday. Cheers. Damien, uh, just coming back to you before we head to a break, uh, we've just had the four finalists for the New Zealand Greyhound of the Year for the uh, season uh, recently finished. Uh, announced there is a panel of seven uh, who will determine who the ultimate New Zealand Greyhound of the Year is. Uh, two of those seven are on this particular show, Andy Cook. Uh, and uh, and also me. Um, so we will just have a look through the season's efforts from those four finalists on the other side of the break. Yeah, that's right. And absolutely, the winner to be announced in Christchurch on October the 2nd. You're listening to Kiwi Chasing on this Sunday morning. All thanks to New Zealand Greyhounds, first for form. Back with more on the other side of the news break. Live around Australia on SEN Track, you're listening to Kiwi Chasing for New Zealand Greyhounds. First for form. Yes, a big welcome back to Kiwi Chasing on this Sunday morning. Damien Watson in Australia, joined by Mark Rosanowski and Andy McCook in New Zealand. All thanks to New Zealand Greyhounds first for form. And we've just had the announcement of, I guess, the contenders for the New Zealand Greyhound of the Year for the past season, Rosa. And it's going to be an interesting discussion in terms of analysing the capabilities and also, I guess, the criteria as well as to who might come out on top. Yes, indeed. Well, uh, Andy McCook, we've heard that the three category winners, and in New Zealand we have uh, three racing categories by distance. Um, distance Greyhound of the Year, 600 metres and beyond. Uh, we have a middle distance category, the referred to as sprinters in Australia. Uh, but we have a sprint category here that's from less than 400 metres, uh, so short course sprinters, and then the middle distance category between that 400 and 600 metre area. And if we look to the middle distance dogs, uh, first of all, very much a season of two halves. The first half of the season belonging to Leonard Bale, trained by Craig Robertson. The second half of the season, uh, if you like, uh, going to, to Federal Morgan, trained by Lisa Cole. Two phenomenal dogs, aren't they? And uh, both speedsters in their own right. Leonard, a, a dog that we've seen in New Zealand for a, a long time now, a greyhound who loves to speed to the lead and, and put a gap in his rivals down the back. He just wilts the last little uh, the little bits, sort of 10 or 20 metres. But um, two group ones to his name, though, Rosso. He was able to win the, the running of last year's derby, which was run in this season. Also the winner of the Waterloo Cup and uh, a string of of, uh, of minor wins to his name as well. 
13 from 31, 100k in the bin, uh, only bettered by one dog in terms of prize money. And Rosso, that was Federal Morgan, who we saw for six months. And gee whiz, what a six months that was. <laughs> it certainly was. Uh, he won the Auckland Cup. He won the Hattrick Classic, which is at, uh, at Wanganui, where I call uh, the North Island Challenge Stakes, the Manawatu, the Golden Chase there as well, South Waikato Cup up at uh, Cambridge. I guess the thing about both these dogs we've just mentioned there, Andy, is that they both performed on a variety of tracks, the circle track, the horseshoe track, different islands as well. So uh, it's not like they were dominant at any, any one particular place and against the best the country has to offer as well over the, the 500 metre journeys or the 457 metre journeys where they were racing on the one-turn track. So against the best of the best, uh, Federal Morgan, gee, it's, it's a shame the ending to his career, Rosso, 14 from 19 in terms of wins in six months, 114k in the bin. He was uh, he was nothing short of uh, heading to superstar status here in New Zealand. It's just a shame we, we don't get to see him racing anymore. Yes, he had the hock injury uh, suffered uh, when he was in the amazing chase at uh, Monaco. Looked like he might have had that shot to pieces as well. We can only hope uh, that he's going to sire uh, a few uh, flying federals in the future now. And I guess it makes it tricky from an overall New Zealand Greyhound of the Year uh, situation, Andy, that it was such a, a small window that he operated in, but you talked about his phenomenal performance, heading for superstar status. Well, the ultimate superstar in New Zealand that we've had is also a greyhound from the Lisa Cole Kennels a few years ago called Little Mother, and she's the highest uh, stakes winner in New Zealand greyhound racing history. She had what I thought was a fairly untouchable record uh, at the Manawatu Raceway, but Federal Morgan actually shattered that. Absolutely annihilated it, didn't he? He was a, a dog who seemed to be able to do things that other dogs just couldn't do. He was uh, had a, a bit of early speed, but his his pickup pace that he had once his paws hit the ground was second to none, and uh, we saw that on a, a number of occasions. And yeah, I agree. I think that amazing chase that went the way of It's a Blaze, G Federal Morgan. I, I think with the way it panned out, he probably almost had it won. And the other two dogs that have been mentioned there as category winners, uh, Shaney, who was the outstanding distance dog of the year. She won the Wanganui distance at Group 1, the Wanganui stars, Theresa McDonald, and the Kingston Couple at Group 2 level. Many uh, potential highlights of a racing season, Andy, but I've got, and, and always hard to determine one, but unquestionably for me, the low light of the season was Shaney falling in a heat of the Duke of Edinburgh silver collar, for which she was a, a very hot favourite. You've almost brought me to tears on show number two as well, Rosso. That was uh, that was just such shock viewing, wasn't it? She was uh, backed as if unbeatable in both heat and final, and uh, I know it brought a tear to my eye. I can't imagine how the connections felt as they went into the first corner and she got squeezed up, touched the rail, and, uh, and down she went, and her chances of winning the, the silver collar were gone, Burger. So, yeah, it's a bit of a shame. You would think she'd have that Group 1 silver collar next to her name, and, uh, and if she did, uh, she would have been a, a bigger contender of winning it than she already is. And Trojan Horse, the short course greyhound of the year, what can we say about this fella? He's won quarter of a million dollars. His last three seasons have been fantastic. And in the latest season, he's a former New Zealand derby winner, but in the latest season over the short course, he's won the two Group 1 sprints that we have here, the Galaxy Sprint at Christchurch, the Railway Sprint up at uh, Monaco, third in the Dash for Cash as well. A truly remarkable dog. He's an incredible animal, Trojan Horse, and he just keeps delivering. I know he doesn't have the same speed these days that he had, uh, say, six months ago, but I think the thing with him, Rosso, is uh, early on his career, he, he tended to fly under the radar a little bit. I, I think he won his derby as a, a, a double figured priced winners so he always flew under the radar and he's gone on to be a, an exceptional sprinter and one of the best we've seen.
So, Damien, as we come back to you, uh, four greyhounds announced there by uh, Michael Dwarf from Greyhound Racing New Zealand uh, this morning for consideration. The panel of seven, you've just heard uh, two of that panel uh, discuss the greyhounds, all outstanding greyhounds in their own right. And ultimately, the New Zealand Greyhound of the Year for the 2020-21 season will be announced uh, at an awards dinner in Christchurch on October the 2nd. Yes, and we look forward to that in earnest. On the other side of this break on Kiwi Chasing, we'll chat with Gary Fredrickson. And there's plenty more to come on this program. You're listening across the SEN track network. Damien Watson joined by Mark Rosanowski and Andy McCook. We do this for New Zealand Greyhounds, first for form. Live around Australia on SEN track, you're listening to Kiwi Chasing for New Zealand Greyhounds, first for form. Welcome back. Hope you're enjoying Kiwi Chasing on this Sunday morning. Damien Watson joined by Mark Rosanowski and Andy McCook. We do this for New Zealand Greyhounds first for form. And Rosa, we've already heard about the impact that the COVID-19 lockdown and Delta variant has had on Greyhound racing trainers from an administrative point of view as well. And our next guest, I guess, dabbles in a combination of both. He certainly does, uh, Damien. It's uh, Gary Fredrickson and uh, Gary in partnership with his wife, Sandra Train, near Foxton, which is in the uh, the lower part of the uh, the North Island of New Zealand. And uh, they had 77 wins and the season just concluded. Uh, they're on seven wins early on into this season, have some really nice dogs. Uh, in their kennel at the moment. And uh, Gary, before uh, Andy McCook asks you about a few of those individual dogs, we say good morning to you. You're also on the board of the Wanganui Greyhound Racing Club. Just wondering uh, how you and, and Sandra and those associated with your kennel are, are dealing with the uncertainty of the times at the moment. Yeah, good morning, guys. Um, yeah, it's like like the lockdown structure in New Zealand is is really affecting a lot of small businesses and, and as you know that uh, racing we're structured effectively like a small business so yeah we're, we're copping it head on it's um, through different shutdowns of kennel costs and previous COVID and stuff like that it does does make it hard going um, we've run the dogs this morning with all the family out there uh, as the staff are obviously under lockdown so yeah there's there's uh, the financial pressure, but also the workload pressure as well. Gary, Andy McCook here. That uh, that workload pressure certainly uh, gets harder through uh, through lockdowns. There's no doubt about that. Let's have a chat through uh, some of your dogs that you have uh, going around at the moment because you've got some pretty handy pups in the kennel. Uh, let's start with Blink and Lily, a greyhound that uh, we've only seen a couple of times, but uh, gee whiz, so far she's set Hattrick Raceway on fire. Yeah, no, she's uh, been... A pleasant surprise. She probably came over with another dog called uh, Be Lucky Banjo as sort of the second cousin, if you like. Of we we really have high wraps on Be Lucky Banjo, and uh, but we've got her to the track now, Blink and Lily, and um, yeah, she's made every post a winner, literally. Um, she's still at the stage of solo trialling out in front, and and the the, the truth of everything will, will come when there's was three or four of them going with her into that first bend, but uh, I couldn't be more happier with her at this stage. I guess we need to talk about Be Lucky Banjo next then, uh, a greyhound who you've obviously got a little bit of a wrap on. We haven't seen uh, him race here yet, uh, well, sorry, her, her race yet here in New Zealand, but uh, she was a pretty impressive qualifying trial winner. 
Yeah, no, she's very nice. I put her in the bracket of, of Miss Potential, who, who was raced here in the kennel. Um, she always wasn't going to take a lot to get right. Unfortunately, we've just had a small setback, which we've, we've now got over with her, and she's trialling really nice now. So possibly in about a month's time, she'll be back on the track uh, racing, subject to COVID, of course. But... Um, yeah, no, she's she's uh, uh, one girl that uh, that I'm um, really excited to have in the kennel, and and with Blink and Lily coming up like she has, they're, they're going to be a couple of nice bitches in, in our arsenal, that's for sure. Speaking of a dog we haven't seen race day uh, yet here in New Zealand, uh, Agent Levi, you wind the clock all the way back to February and uh, we saw him uh, complete a, a satisfactory trial, which he was uh, more than impressive in. We haven't seen him race day yet, obviously had some issues. Yeah, he, he's just done a hock ligament. Um, we brought him back initially after that. Um, that was a super impressive requalifying effort. I think he ran home in, in uh, 10.23. Well, I can only find a dog ever doing it in 10.30. So um, just really amazing stuff. Half a length off the track record, uh, but pulled up a, a little sore. Um, not a major injury, but a... Uh, well, it can be effectively, but we tried him back after six weeks and, and you could see the same thing was going to happen. So we've laid off him for three months and uh, he's back in full work now. Um, seems very well, his work's strong. So we've, we've got the New Zealand Cup in mind for him. Obviously got a big engine, uh, another dog who's uh, got another a, a decent engine under the bonnet. It's a cashy boy, another dog who you've obviously had some issues with. We haven't seen him for uh, around a month. Where's he at at the moment? Yeah, he's um, he he was freakish when he came over here, but unfortunately he's done both gracilises. Um, so that's robbed him of, of critical links. Uh, he, he's just had um, some very superficial bruising to one of the, the tendons that have, uh, one of the gracilises that have completely let go, uh, which is nothing really. It's not going to hold him or make any difference to his ability. We, we've just got to let, let that heal. And uh, he's, he's probably only a handful of days coming back from, to be, you know, back in work. Let's look through some of your Australian uh, imports, that side of the team. But obviously, you, uh, you and uh, Sandra are doing a little bit of breeding these days as well, and you've you've made a fairly decent start to it. Obviously, with the the box of Fluffy's litter with dogs like Wi-Fi Bolt, but the the latest litter we've seen is the the Spring Gun Making Time litter, and a couple of those have, have been setting the track on fire as well. Yeah, no, really, really pleased with them. Um, they're they're a litter that that have shown heaps breaking in, um, but look so green when they've got in amongst an eight-dog field uh, and a few of them are taking half a dozen starts just to, to get their head around the whole concept of racing in a field. Uh, so that's, I know, underlining that, that most of the litter have got genuine ability and um, so they're only going to get better when they're reaching sort of start 15 or 20 uh, they're going to be um, putting it together quite nice. I mean, the best of them would be Highview Anna. Um, I'd, I'd, I'd love to think we could have a go at the Oaks with her long term. Uh, she's she's always showing us right from day one on the racetrack that she's got um, oodles, oodles of ability. Rosso, uh, a litter that uh, we might now get the pleasure to see racing at Eddington if, uh, if Anna can come down for the Oaks, but uh, certainly a litter you're going to have some fun calling home over the, the next few months. 
Yes, well, I was uh, thrilled to see her run up to the potential you could see in her early couple of starts, Andy, when she clocked a 30.06 at Hattrick. Look, the track was fast that day, and Blink and Lily ran the hands off the clock a little later on, but it was a really good performance from Anna, and, and she ran a good race, uh, albeit in defeat as well, uh, at the Manawatu Raceway after that. Gary, just looking to the administrative side of things, uh, you're on the board there of the uh, Wanganui Greyhound Racing Club. You've had a previous association with the Palmerston North Greyhound Racing Club as well. Spoke with Michael Dore earlier, Greyhound Operations Man from uh, Greyhound Racing New Zealand, just about the, the premier meeting, the next one, which is early next scheduled for early next month, heats uh, of the Wanganui Cup and Wanganui Stars on September 3rd, final a week later. Now, you obviously would have been at that board meeting uh, last week. What were the discussions in and around what might happen to this meeting as you understand it? Yeah, well, pretty pretty much we're looking to put it back a week at this stage. We can't do much more than that. Um, very quickly now we're heading into these feature meetings with, with, the, with that meeting plus the Amazing Chase meeting, then the New Zealand Cup meeting. You're going to get a concertina effect uh, if we start pushing meetings back and, and closing up these gaps of these feature meetings. So um, so we, we're at this stage looking to go back a week with that one. Um, and, and hopefully, I mean, we haven't got any major issues with the fitnesses of our, our dogs at the moment, but if this lockdown drags on, then we're going to need to, you know, potentially start trialling programs with some of these middle distance and distance dogs again, and that waylays their preparation as well. So... We're crossing our fingers that, that we can flick out of this um, to level three and at least get racing in, in the very near future. Gary, we have had some abandonments at, at Wanganui. We do have them at other tracks as well, but it hasn't been a happy 12 months, etc. In and around the track there at uh, at Hattrick Raceway, I know obviously you have guidance uh, from the National uh, Track Manager, Nigel Rugg. How are things looking for our return to racing and the Premier Meeting uh, next month from a track perspective? Yeah, no, good. Um, the track was was turned over just before lockdown, so we're ready to go back to racing at short notice. Uh, uh, obviously, um, our, our track creator Frank's been doing a, a wonderful job, and um, our injury rates are way down. It, it's not the most forgiving track in the world, so you do have to get it right. Um, and I think too, with abandonments of meetings, I, I think going forward now, you're going to see. Um, from an animal welfare point of view, the Stipes call meetings a lot more aggressively than they have done in the past. If they've got any doubts with, with safety, they, they won't hesitate to abandon a meeting and, um, and, and we all take a reset and come back and do it next week. So, uh, But no, the tracks, obviously the times have been great. We, we can trial dogs now before the first and they run, you know, if they're good enough, they can easily run sub sub 30 and so on um so that, that that's great the whole the whole concept of the track there's this ticking along really nice and um yeah we should be able to get wednesday off the ground no trouble at all if we go back to level three um midnight tuesday gary animal welfare is something that you're very strong on in your kennel since uh, you and sandra have become uh initially trainers training your own team and then and taking on a couple of uh, of outside owners as well so becoming public trainers in, in that regard and through your facebook uh, page we can see the way that things are treated etc but 
Why is that such a, as we finish this show, why is that so critical to you? Oh, it's it's just the future of the sport, and it's the perception, and and we all should be, you know, trying to um, to move along those lines. Um, there, there's a we need that social license to carry on, and we've got to play our part. Gary, thanks, thank you for your time, Andy. We thank you for yours, and Damien. We really hope that next week we're able to talk about some racing that's happening here in New Zealand. Here, here.